to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that this message can be an encouragement to you today. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist at extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com. So we'll be looking at Ephesians chapter 1 today. Let's get ready. It's a pretty big passage. A lot of you will know it. Um, it's really high-flying theology that Paul writes here. But there's a lot of good takeaways from it. So a lot of you might have heard before that actually the verses that we'll be looking at is uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 14. But a lot of you would have heard that verse 3 to 14 is actually one whole sentence in the Greek. And that is important, but I'll get on why I think that is important. But first, let's read this big passage, and then I'll share some thoughts that I've had over the week. So chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Praise to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he has chosen us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he has predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. To the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace, that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. Verse 9, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to put to be put into effect when the time reached their fulfillment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in accordance with the purpose of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with this a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. Whoa, what a passage, what a passage. But like I said before, one whole sentence, remember, in the Greek. And why I think that is important is if you look in verse 3, how it starts off, Paul starts off by saying, praise, or in other translations, blessed by God. So everything under that is for praise to God. Everything flows from God to us. That's why Paul put everything under praise. It's so beautiful. And then another little thing I want to touch on is who is the us and we? As we read, we see us and we. Who is that? 
We can't read today as the us and we, as the whole world, or unbelievers. The us and we are believers in Jesus Christ. Those who have been adopted in sonship through Jesus Christ. Us, we are the believers. And we can stand firmly on that. There's a little bit where Paul writes throughout this passage as well. In him, in him. And I was looking at that throughout the week. And I think it's really good to take some time and reflect on that. How many times in him or in whom is written in this passage? I really believe we know that Jesus is the first and the last, the beginning and the end. And as you read this and you see how often in him is, you really realize that everything is connected to Jesus Christ. The number of times that in him here uh, reflects who Jesus really is. If we look at verse 1, it starts off, faithful in Christ Jesus. Verse 3, blessing to us in Christ, chose us in him, adopted to God through Christ. In him we have redemption. God's purpose in history is set forward in Christ. Verse 9, the purpose is to sum up everything in him, and so on. You can't miss it. I couldn't miss it while I was reading it. And a great parallel passage is in Colossians. Colossians 1, verse 16. Colossians 1, verse 16. Here we are. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things. In him, all things hold together. So in other words, Jesus is the origin of all things, and he's the goal of all things. But more than that, in Ephesus, you see, in between all that, everything is for him and um, through him. He holds all things together. I think for me, sometimes I lose that image of God, the first and the last, what that really means. So let's look at our first verse for today to look at. Is That's verse 4. It's a big one, but um, let's have a look at it. It says, For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless. And in other translations, you might have, even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Let's look at some context. Remember, this is just one whole sentence. If we look at verse 3, Praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessings, for he chose, or even as... This is where Paul starts listing the spiritual blessings that we have. He chose us before the foundation of the world. 1 Corinthians 2, 7. But we impart a secret, a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. I think this has been shared in our worship time, really. It's really powerful stuff. But we impart part, a secret, and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. So Paul has an understanding here that God decided or decreed things for our glory, a great wisdom, a great plan of redemption, where we could be saved 
was made before the ages. That great wisdom we just read about in these verses, all we talked about before. And this links into, I think, 2 Timothy 1.9. I'll just read it to you. God saved us and called us to a holy calling, not because of our works, but because of his own purpose and grace, which he gave us in Christ Jesus before the ages began. Nothing we've done, but the purpose of God, his grace, his grace. Grace rooted in what? Grace rooted in Christ Jesus. Grace conceived when? In Christ Jesus, before the ages began. Christ Jesus is first, he's the last. He's the origin and he's the goal of all things. And grace undeserving, let me add. And this grace came to us before time started. God had a purpose before creation. God had a purpose to show his grace and all that wisdom before the ages. He chose us in him before the foundations of the world. And I think no one disagrees really that before creation, before the foundations of the world, God chose. The disagreements really come in as what he was choosing. But I want to say today, I don't want to get into that here, but if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, if you're sitting here, you have been adopted and you're a child of God, and you can stand firmly on these verses that you're part of us and we. It's not for everyone, and we offer the gift. With, with Jesus, we offer in Huntley. People go around and share about Jesus. But right now, if you're standing here, you're chosen in God. And that's so, so firm foundation to stand on, so secure. We have redemption in Christ. Verse 7, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We have redemption. What is redemption? Redemption is freedom from payment or release from ransom. But what are we free from? What, from what? And there's three answers. I think there's two here in this passage, and then there's a third one. The first one is right there in verse 7. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. Or in other translations you might have the forgiveness of trespasses. And that's things that we have done in the past. That means guilt is there. That means shame is there. So we have release from shame and guilt. That's when we first give our lives to Jesus Christ. We have redemption. Hebrews 9.15, I think. 9.15, yeah. Hebrews 9.15 For this very reason, Christ is the mediator of the new covenant, that those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance, now that he has died, a ransom to set them free from their sins committed under the first covenant. So a death has occurred that redeems us from our sins. That's the first redemption. And there's a second redemption in this passage, in verses 13 to 14. 13 to 14. And you also included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, a gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with the, a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, 
who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. This is interesting what it says here, but it's good to understand. God purchased us by the blood of Jesus, and we are his possession, and we will be redeemed. This is talking about the future redemption. So we have the redemption where we give our lives to Jesus, then we have a future redemption, what we talked about in the worship, when we'll be with Jesus forever. If we look at in the same book in Ephesians 4.30, 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption, future redemption. And also Romans 8.23. Romans 8.23. Not only so, but we yourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for the adoption of sonship, the redemption of our bodies. And full redemption where there's no more illness, we're free from cancer, and we have these new bodies, and we're with our Lord forever. This is the second redemption. And there is a third one that's worth talking about since we're on the topic, is um, in First Peter, First Peter 18 to 19. You were ransomed from the futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus. This is the third one, from futile sinful ways of living. So we have this one. When we first give our life to Jesus, we have redemption. Then f we have a new life in Jesus. We are redeemed from futile ways, sinful ways of life. And we have this beautiful life now with Jesus. And then we have full redemption when he comes back. And we're with him forever. So we got in Ephesians uh, something really beautiful that Paul writes here. And it's actually the purpose of all things. If we look at verse 6, Paul writes, To the praise of his glorious grace. This is after Paul has written some amazing things that God has done. If we look at verse 12, it says, In order that we who were first to put our hopes in Christ might be for the praise of his glory. Then verses 13 to 14, we just read again. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked with the seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. Three times Paul writes this. And don't miss the obvious here, that God is seeking his own glory. What do I mean by that? He is after the reflection of his glory through the praises of his people. And this isn't unique to Ephesus. This is throughout the Bible. In the Old Testament, in Psalms, Isaiah talks about God created the world for his glory. God appointed his son to die for our sins, for the glory of God. God say, oh, Jesus said, I have come for this very hour, Father, glorify your name, and so on. You can't miss it as well. 
God expects us to see his glory. 2 Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For what we preach is not yourselves, but Jesus Christ as Lord, and yourselves as servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let light shine out of the darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus. We see God's glory when he shines his light in our heart through the gospel and also through the knowledge of God. And why is this relevant? Ephesians 1 is exactly that. We are shown God and we are expected to see his glory and praise him through Ephesians 1. In Ephesians 1, Paul goes on after going through this sort of theology. He goes into verse 17 and he prays. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been called, the riches of your glorious inheritance in his holy people. Everything else, everything else in this world will mean more to you than God, to God's glory, unless verse 18, unless verse 18, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which you have been called, the riches of the glorious inheritance in the whole, as holy people. So prayer follows theology. It's so important to study Read the Bible every day. We say that all the time here. And really understand who God is. Theology. Know God more. But you also must pray for this head knowledge to go to the heart. We want our eyes to be open to the glory of God. Because the ultimate purpose of all things is what Paul writes here. To the praise of his glory. To love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, all your strength, what Jeremy preached a few Sundays back. But you might think, oh, we don't like people like that. We don't like people who go after their own glory, who want their own praise. God is not other people. God is the King of Kings. And C.S. Lewis writes a really great, um, big passage on that. But I took a little bit from it, and he writes, I think we delight to praise what we enjoy because the praise not merely expresses but completes the enjoyment. The delight is incomplete till it is expressed. God's pursuit of our praise is not ego but love because through our praise, that is our purpose. That is what we're made to be. And when we praise God with our lives, there's nothing greater than that. And everyone who does that can testify that. When you're in God's will, 
what else can you do except for um, praise God because you're so amazed by who he is. God is working today as well. God, The same God that we're reading in Ephesians is alive today, and he's working in amazing ways. We heard some testimonies today. But I want to share a testimony that I heard this week, and I waited for it to get confirmed on the ground um, because you hear a lot of stories. But in Gaza last week, over not over, close to 200 Muslims in a mass conversion gave their life to Jesus Christ. And when... They were all gathering together with believers on the ground. They realized everyone had the exact same dream of Jesus Christ. And you know what happened? Then Jesus used believers on the ground to work alongside them. That's how I can always look at stories like that and tell it's legit in my opinion, because it reflects like Paul's conversion, how Paul really met Jesus. And then Jesus led him to a person working in a town nearby. God is alive today. He's really working, and we must glorify him with everything we have. What does it look like? I think at times we can put our house, even, it's hard to say this, but even our family higher than Jesus. Our family is very important, don't get me wrong. But the most important thing is Jesus Christ, and these verses reflect that. Let me pray. Thank you, Lord, for your mighty, mighty hand, how you created all things, Lord, that before time itself, you had a plan for us, Lord. You knew everything. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher, Lord. And we are so in awe of you. We can't understand you fully, but help us to open our eyes and our hearts, Lord, to see who you are. Help us to be more who you are calling us to be. Help me to be more Nathan. Help people to be more who they are, more men and women of God. Humble us and help us to really see who you are, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Huntley Baptist Church podcast. We hope that it has been an encouragement to you. Please feel free to contact us at huntleybaptist@extra.co.nz or visit us at huntleybaptist.com.